everybody. Happy New Year. It's 2023, and we are finally back after a month-long break for holidays and illnesses and other random things like board gaming. I'm Ryan, here with Ken. This is Play Games Lose Friends, and uh, Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year. It's almost going to be 2024 by the time we were going to get this out. (laughs) It felt like it. It was... uh... It was a long month, but we uh, we, yeah. we played a lot of games. I was oh. sitting down today and just going through my list of games played, and I usually write things down like an index card, and I have my show notes ready to go, and uh, I ran out of space. That's how many games <laughs> I played, and I'm pretty sure yours is probably as bad, if not worse, than mine. Yeah, I've – yeah, I got a lot. <laughs> well, that's what <laughs> – I mean, since last we played, right – or since last we recorded, there was there was Holidays. Uh, there was time off, which always, I know I try to get a lot of gaming in when we have some PTO. Um, oh, yeah. And then um, we haven't got our game night back up and running. So this is all sort of family games, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of friends. I think you had a couple. Uh, yeah, we got one in. Game nights. The, yeah. Uh, so. Museum suspects. We'll talk yeah. about that. I'm looking forward to talking about that. It was fun. A little draft the source as well. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot. There was a lot over that break. So rest not, or no, wait, how do I want to say this? Uh, worry not, folks. We did not rest on our laurels. We've, we played plenty of games to report to you, and that's 100%, what we're here for. So 100%. 2023 is here. We are going to talk about board games all year long for our fellow nerds. So let's, uh, let's dive in. It's good to be back. Yes. We're going to talk about. The inevitable list that we had planned to do uh, at the end of last year that we didn't get to, which was their top top 10 2022 releases as ranked by each of us. And then we'll jump into our game of the year pick for the 2022 releases and then talk about our favorite game we played last year, whether it was released in 2022 or not. Uh, just whatever game makes us most think about 2022 and then finally, our gamers resolution for uh, 2023. What are we gonna What are we gonna do? What are we gonna change? What are we gonna do better? <laughs> do differently? We'll find out. It's so, so funny. One of my resolutions, depending on where we fall in the segment, is either gonna already be broken, or <laughs> or like my buyback oh, yeah. list doesn't count for this. <laughs> I feel like of the of the two of us, I'm more likely to at least make it a couple months before breaking it, whereas you might get maybe a few days in. <laughs> That's yeah. usually how it works. Yeah. But but All so right. far, so good on, on, to, on at uh, least one of them. Well, oh, there were there were many? <laughs> I have three. I have three board game resolutions for the year. Oh, wow. I, just, I feel like I have the, I feel like I have the most uh, room for improvement <laughs> and growth. <laughs> yeah, well, that goes outside so. of board games. But let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on. Hey-o. This isn't a psychology. Uh, or psych, you know, this isn't therapy. All right. Intro and shout outs. It's been a little while. So what happened on the uh on the the drunken disorder front since last we spoke? Uh yeah, so our friends over at the Drunken Disorder Podcast uh, have released their second episode of Drunk Tank. Uh and this these are small uh little subcontent episodes uh where just like one topic gets picked and one of the hosts or guest hosts as as this uh second one uh was. Um and this one was really cool because it talked about his experience. Uh, one of our friends, Matt, talked about his experience uh, bringing Kings of War into his home and to get to share it with his son and what it's like to bring a youngster 
to a, a GT. Um, so I found, again, as a father, uh, I found it a, a very fascinating episode. Um, so that is the Drunken Disorder, a Kings of War podcast. And another thing I'd like to shout out is uh, one of our friends owns a sports cards store. This is DGen Sports Card. So if you, uh, you know, are interested in any sports cards or other training cards, uh, other memorabilia and any sort of, uh, sort of collecting supplies when it comes to the trade card hobby, that's dgensportscards.com. So it's dgnsportscards.com. Bunch of filthy dgens. Yep. And he sells Pokemon too, right? He but does sell no wrestling cards. He does sell Pokemon and I do get to get some wrestling when he gets it in. So I try to be, uh, his, uh, his buyer when wrestling cards come in. <laughs> You're the sole buyer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, just a little story. This is funny. So, uh, I went in, uh, right before the holidays and there was like, uh, a box of wrestling packs opened, uh, you know, like a little booster box open and there was like eight packs or whatever left. Yeah. And I get, I get, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just felt like ripping packs. So I got to sit at the little table at the booth. Like they have a little booth in the back to go rip cards. Uh, and I, and any, any pulls that you get, they get sleeves right away. So it was really cool to get the, the white glove treatment pulled two autographs. Um, so I was happy, but they were all wrestling cards. So, and so I think that was, the, I know. that was the last wrestling card they had <laughs> in the shop. <laughs> I know there's like a huge market for sports cards now, like, well beyond anything I could have ever imagined when we were collecting in the eighties and stuff. Yeah. But is that market that like that big for wrestling as well? Uh, well, it can be. Um, I think there really there are certain certain wrestlers. See, that, that's the weird part about it. And I guess even maybe even in football, right? This, or any sport, there's like a lot of no name players, right? Or like, you know, yeah, the seventh guy yeah, in the lineup. Stars and then there's the rest. Yeah. Yes. And, and wrestling, uh, is unfortunately no different. And I think there might actually be more up and comers in wrestling than in football or in basketball. Um, so what's kind of cool is maybe pulling somebody that's not famous now, but you're getting an autograph now before they're famous. Uh, and if they do make it, into the, uh, into the hobby or the, or not hobby, but I guess it's a career. If in the industry of pro wrestling, um, it's cool to, um, sort of say that, oh, I saw, I had this guy when he was nobody, you know what I mean? And I collected his cards before he, he dressed up like a clown and hit people with chairs. <laughs> so it's so funny. It's funny you actually bring that up because there's a guy locally, um, <laughs> That it a nerve. No, 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 no. It's funny. It's a, just a little side tangent. So it's funny. Like there's a, there's a wrestler who my son and I have been, uh, going to see, uh, local independent professional wrestling here, uh, in our, in our, in our city. And he actually just make it, he made it about two, three weeks ago into one of the major promotions on, uh, you know, of wrestling. Uh, and it's a guy that we have his autographs of his cards. So it's very cool. Uh, to see and it was funny to watch my son uh you know see his guy that he like got to shake hands with and take a picture with and has autograph cards of uh actually make it on national television uh and 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 have a good performance so it's kind of neat that's cool 
So I imagine uh, he was pretty pumped to see him on TV. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's really cool to get to see some of the guys that we, you know, again, when you see them locally, you're, they're like basically like your best friend. They'll, they'll hug, they'll take pictures, everything, right? But like, if you see them on TV, then it's like it puts them in a whole new level. So it's kind of cool. That's weird, but cool. <laughs> I'm just surprised there's a, again, this sports card thing blows my mind. And I, I was just curious if wrestling had the same. So it sounds well, like. Well, they, they even have it in UFC. Like they make UFC cards and people go crazy for UFC cards too. Um, and then, uh, I mean, they'll make a card about anything as long as someone buys it. And I think there's a market. <laughs> there's a human being out <laughs> there for any market, right? Like, so. Yeah. I mean, Just even look like at the, the uh, look at the kids' the toys. You know, look at kids' toys. There's toys for every kind of kid. Even uh, what forty four year olds like forty three <laughs> somewhere around there, forty mid forty year olds, yeah, yeah giant yeah. man childs, yeah. yes, they're all there. My latest uh, set all of right. He Man came, so <laughs> oh. <laughs> case in point. Well, thank you for shout outs, and if you haven't check out DGN, they are uh, DGN's pretty awesome. And yeah, Rob, good people, good owner, prices, good product. Eric, his loyal employee, are both fantastic. So go there and buy stuff. Give them your money. All right. This is going to be a really long list because it's been a month of <laughs> yep. what we played since we last recorded. I have a huge list, and I think my approach for this is just going to be I'm going to say them all, and then I'm going to come back and focus – just highlight some of them that I, okay. I want to add some commentary for. So what do you think of that format? All right, so then do you want to Otherwise, do your we list? Otherwise, might be here till dawn. <laughs> All right, you do your list. I'll do my list, and then we'll go sort of tit for tat on the ones we want to highlight. All right, sounds good. All right, okay. So uh, I'm going to start with one I didn't play, but I taught Clank, which was very recently. I got to teach some people how to play Clank that have never played it before, and it was very uh, well-received. But birds – or games I played. I already read the first word. Birds of a Feather, finally arrived from Kickstarter. War of the Ring, the card game, not against other people, just trying to teach myself the rules. No Thanks, Kitchen Rush, Sprawlopolis, Food Chain Island, Museum Suspects, World Championship Russian Roulette, War Chest, Left Right Center, which I lost a lot of money in, but I'm not going to talk about that. Still pisses me off. <laughs> Green Team Wins, Hamlet Solo, Mirroring of Mary King, Nut Hunt, which finally arrived from Kickstarter. Uh, also, Hamlet did too. Fall of the Mountain King solo, Code Names, and Biblios. Got to catch my breath. Now you go. So, did I miss Green Team? When did we play Green Team? Or did you play with another group of people? Another group of people. Really? That's awesome. I didn't know. Yes. Did you get a copy? Or did they get a copy? I did. I, I had trouble finding it, and oh, okay, I got okay. two copies. Um, oh, okay. One for me, one for uh, friends of ours. Okay. Oh, sorry. Nice, nice. All right. So here's my list. Uh, again, no necessarily particular order. Uh, so Dungeon Doodles, uh, War Chest, both in physical form and online, which I will talk about, Liar's Dice, <laughs> Left, Right, Center, Museum Suspects, Tetris, Rumma Cube. No thanks. Wrong party. Here to slay. Code names. Um, Draftosaurus. Pokemon, the collectible card game. Trekking through history. 
and Harry Potter spot it and two three three different versions of clue and the cherry on top is obviously some marvel snap <laughs> i think that's my list i forgot draftosaurus you can add that to mine too <laughs> which we will we will chat about shortly okay so yeah and snap is on mine too of course but i was <laughs> I think that's like a foregone conclusion at this point for the both of us, maybe. Yeah, I've Just also been playing all the time. I've also been posting some of like our funny screenshots of our wins and our variants on, on our Instagram. So we do <laughs> seem to get some people that are hitting like, so we'll keep that content coming as well. I don't know if we'll ever get into, you know, I know there's a lot of content out there about Marvel Snap, but you know. Oh, um, yes. So we have stumbled um, upon quite a few YouTube videos in this household where I'm like, Oh, cool snap. And the guy drops a couple of F bombs. I'm like, turn it off. Yeah. 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 I have, well, I, I know there's one person now that doesn't curse that I've been. <clears throat> so, but anyway, yeah, I need to, I need to find some good ones, but all right, let's dive in. There's a handful here. I want to quick highlight on each of them. Okay. I'm not going to talk too long about them because we just have so many to, to discuss. So, Picked up Birds of a Feather on Kickstarter that finally arrived. Very simple, easy to play card game. Um, probably gonna try that one game night as like a quick hit at the end just to see what everybody thinks. But, uh, for what, 15, 20 bucks, not bad. And so what is it? Like, quality of it's pretty good. Is it like a set collection type uh, of game? You- no, it's, it's like, uh, it's hard to describe. You get a score sheet, you play a bird, and you, note the habitat of the bird and the type i think and then you score um on your score sheet if that bird has uh you score that bird plus any other birds in the middle of what are called the lingering birds that match the same habitat and you fill out your score sheet and you're trying to basically complete your score sheet Hmm. um but other players can play raptors like like hawks and eagles to come and eat the birdies (laughs) Uh uh-huh and so you can block people for a given habitat if you want to or whatever. Um, so it's real simple, real quick, but seems fun. Uh, got one game of that and not too bad. War of the Ring, can't wait to play that fully. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know the rules back and front now. I've read the book a few times and set up a sample game and tried it. That is going to be really, really good, I think. Um, yeah, it makes a lot of push and pull. The game stays very thematic. Um I'm super excited and I sleeve the whole thing already because I don't want it to get destroyed. I want those cards to last because I can see this getting a lot of play. Uh, <clears throat> I'll save the ones we played together for last so we can talk about them together. Tried Biblios out today. Uh, I really think that's going to be a hit with us. Uh, it's a really fun drafting auction mix game. Okay. Um, really hard choices throughout. There's a really kind of cool, unique scoring mechanism where there's a board in the middle of the table with dice on it, and you can use these church cards to manipulate the dice, and you get to pick the color you manipulate. So if your opponents are hoarding a particular color, you can lower the scoring value of it just to screw them over. Uh, there's a lot of that in that game, so it seems very good. Yeah, I mean uh, – Hamlet? You sent me a text on it, right? So I'm assuming – if <laughs> usually when we throw a text back and forth to each other about a game – like outside of like our normal game talk, like we know it's something special. <laughs> so I'm excited for Biblios. I've, I've heard a lot about it, never played it. Um, it's always been on that sort of short list. If I could find, you know, find it or try it, I would. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. 
Yeah, if this is a game that'll work well with like groups like ours, where it's a little bit more of an aggressive set of jerks sitting around a table and screwing each other over with scoring and card drafting and stuff. So it's it's right up our alley. It'll be good, and it's very. It seems extremely quick. Like it looks like it plays very fast and does play very fast. So that's a that's a bonus. <coughs> you have to apologize. My voice is still not back. I've been having a cough for like a month, and the son of a won't let go. Uh, Hamlet. So Hamlet was another Kickstarter that finally came in, took forever for fun again to ship this damn thing, uh, with all the other stuff they had to do, Dice Throne, Santa versus Krampus and lots of other stuff they were kicking out of the warehouses. So finally arrived, um, cool game, very interesting and abstract, far different than anything I think I own or have ever played is route management plus resource management, uh, worker placement to an extent. It has a really weird sort of asymmetric board that you can play a lot and never really build the same thing twice. The only complaint I have about it was it included this cardboard church that was three dimensional <laughs> that you could put together. You love that and church. It, it was a, just a big old fat turd. Like the adhesive <laughs> didn't work well enough to stick together. So like I literally will not use it. We'll just use the tiles if we ever play it. Um, but it was disappointing to, you know, Kickstarter expect kind of good stuff for the money you pay. And, but the rest of the game is really nice. I think uh, presentation wise, it's pretty good. It was interesting though, with that church, they also had an insert that was cardboard and it was unassembled and you have to assemble the insert yourself. This is the first time I've ever had a game purchase. <laughs> to put together the, the insert? insert was, it, yes. It, not only was it cardboard, but it was self-assembly and it actually wasn't bad. Like it took me two minutes to quick two or three minutes to put together and works just fine. So I don't know what I'm wondering if we're going to see that trend starting with less plastic, more eco-friendly boxes and stuff that people are going to start doing cardboard inserts like that. Could also so, be inexpensive to produce, especially <coughs> if you don't have to assemble it. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, they just threw the, the punch boards in and you popped it out, popped out some little uh, sort of like locking pins in it and you're good to go. So it was not, not bad. Uh, mirroring of Mary King. So we talked with Jim Felly, uh, the designer of cosmic frog a while back. And he mentioned mirroring of Mary King was coming while well, it's out and it is fantastic. What a great two player game. Uh, I love it and I would love to play more of it. Uh, being only a two player game, it's kind of hard to, to get in during game nights, but we'll have to break it out at some point in time. And you know, your copy and my copy and we can just, yeah get some games going because it is such a tight push and pull wonderful little abstract puzzle game uh, there's nothing like it that i've ever played and it's just so well designed so got one or two games of that and was very happy to get to play that uh nut hunt another kickstarter also arrived super lightweight very silly fun game you are a bunch of squirrels and you're trying to build nests in uh like this massive land represented by these hexes, but there's a Fox chasing everything around and moving around randomly all over the board. And when he enters a tile that you have squirrels in, they scatter. Um, <coughs> and you're given hidden objectives to try to complete a path of ne nests and squirrels from one location in this forest land to the other. And it's worth victory points, similar to ticket to ride, but in a very light way. 
Um, you get groups of squirrels together on one location. I think it's four of them and you can build a nest and a nest is permanent, but it can't move. So it kind of locks you in first player to build four nests. The game ends. So really quick, easy play. Uh, very easy for kids to grasp fun for adults. You can manipulate where the Fox moves a little bit by harassing it. So you can kind of screw your opponents over. You can kind of direct it away from where you're trying to save some squirrels to build a nest. Uh, it's a really neat little game and production value is pretty good too. So rule book's a little sparse, but otherwise you don't need a lot for that. Uh, fall of the mountain King picked up at PAX. I got the Kickstarter edition. I think out of all the games I mentioned here, that's the one I'm most excited to play other than war of the ring. That game looks really, really crazy and really fun. I love the theme gnomes invading a mountain to kick the trolls out by the thousands uh, it's just one of those area control sort of hero battler games. A lot of cool stuff there, tons of cool mechanics. And the tableau building in that game is one of the most unique ones I've seen so far. I think our group is really going to enjoy it. So that is all except for the last one I wanted to talk about with you, which was Museum Suspects, which we played, what, last weekend? Yes. And I put it a few times prior. So... I think we kind of talked about this a little bit before and like mechanics and stuff, but well, did you have it? it was it on your list of like a Gen Con or an Essen? I forget what list <laughs> no, you we had did. this. You had this. Or was it an honorable mention for, for um, Gen Con? Okay. And so this is another Phil Walker Harder game, Phil yeah. Walker Harding game. Uh, typical to many of his games. It is extremely easy to just slide into this game and play. There's not a huge learning curve. Uh, but it's still somewhat challenging and getting the guessing right is very difficult. Um, determining which clues to pick and how to bid is difficult. Not in terms of mechanics, but just like you're sitting there trying to think, what should I do? Should I go for this one? They, they bid higher than this. They probably don't want people knowing it. So I really liked it. Um, it was like <laughs> yeah, it's something definitely... you can sit and crank out in 25 minutes with a group of four. Like that's perfect. And then just roll it back again. I mean, I could see this. Yeah. I could see you just not nonstop playing, you know, on a game like just this one game because you can get so much into it. It's so accessible and, um, very, a lot of every, yeah, yeah, every round is unique. Yes. So the, so the interesting part about it is there are, um, you get like a little uh, cross off sheet, like you would in Clue, and there's a, um, but you only get eight there's there's eight clues and each clue eliminates something from the set of cards it's a uh, what is it a 4 by 4 grid of cards uh, which are all yep. your suspects um some will eliminate a column some will el- uh, eliminate a postage stamp some will eliminate a background some will eliminate uh, a headwear a shirt uh a glasses etc etc yeah. there's all kinds of you know there's unique uh, categories of elimination because only one is going to be the thing. And there is a chance that it could be one suspect that committed the, the heist. It could be multiple suspects depending on what comes out versus what clues come out. Or there's a chance that no one uh, committed a heist and you're actually then trying to bid on, you know, sort of like a, what is it? That fish out of water when you're playing Marco Polo kind of thing in the, in the swimming pool. Um, so, um, so yeah, it, um, it, again, as, as Ryan mentioned, it's simple. It's fun to jump into. 
Um, it, it, it takes things that people are familiar with from a mechanic standpoint, like, like from Clue. Um, but I think then just makes it a bit more strategic or gamer focused. Is that? Yeah. Is yeah. That the, the bidding adds some. That, yeah. That like, strategic decision. Limited. Yeah. You have like limited, uh, tokens and some of them are higher value and a higher value can win you the game if you play it in the right place, but you're also using it to withhold information from others. And so that strategic decision is pretty important. And I think as you play that game more, you learn how to balance those two things with your high value tokens. But you can also mislead people a lot in that game, yeah. which is the I other was going to say, like there's a bluffing it. aspect too. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, what was the box price? Like 25 bucks, 30 bucks, 20. I think it might've been 20 bucks. Yeah. Honestly, for 20 I mean, bucks, that's such a good game. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably one of my most fun uh, games that we played over the holidays in terms of just, like, quick get to the table, play once, play twice, play three times, and enjoy it each time because it's not not terribly complicated, and so most folks can just jump in and play, but also deep enough that someone like you or I can really get something fun out of it in terms of, like, strategic stuff or, you know, bluffing, those types of mechanics that we seem to lean towards. The ones that make people hate you, more or less. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right that was my exhaustive list and i'm sure there's stuff i missed in there i completely forgot about uh left right center or not left right center, liars dice and uh draftosaurus so let's quick talk about draftosaurus and then you take over okay uh, we played that what thursday yeah thursday and i've heard so uh, much about this game you've built it up brad's built it up i've never played it before i really liked it it was really easy and fun yeah it's so it- simple just I just really I'm excited to try the hard side with the with the winter scene, right? Mix it up <laughs> a little bit, right? Because, um, because again, it's 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 it is it, it's almost a drafting game, like from the Phil Walker Harding style, right? Uh, yes, but it, it, but he has nothing simple. to do with it. But it's it's simple, uh, it's easy to pick up, it's easy to teach, uh, it it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's like two rounds, call it a day, score it out. Um, and then at the end of the day, it's all centered around a very fun, uh, theme, which in this case is building a little, uh, little baby Jurassic park and a dice gets rolled, which determines where you can place dinosaurs. Each location has a unique sort of scoring mechanism to them. Uh, you have to look around a little bit to see some of the things uh, that what other people are doing. So you don't sort of misplay or. Uh, or if you want to, you know, sort of maybe potentially screw somebody over, <laughs> you know, draft something that, uh, you know, so it has that, that little bit of hint of hate draft. Um, but it seemed like everybody enjoyed it that we taught it to, uh, that, that played it. Um, yeah. Draft a source. There's also two expansions. I have not got a chance to add them to my core box. Um, but it's on the, it's on the list, but maybe for 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cool. I liked it. Uh, the, the again, the quickness of it is a strength. Uh, I could see maybe like by thirty, forty, fifty plays, I might start to tire of that game without some expansion content. But maybe yeah. not. I guess it depends on the group you're playing with too. So, but I, I enjoyed that. So I'm glad you brought that one in. All right, you jump to your list now because I'm sure it's as close to uh, painful <laughs> as mine was. Painful slash enjoyable because of how long it is. 
Yeah, no, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll skip around a little bit. Um, well, we'll swing back to Phil Walker Harding. Uh, I had bought uh, the Tetris board game for my wife. I don't know if it was Christmas or her birthday. Uh, she's one of the poor folk who has a December birthday, so I try to make her December present pile almost as maybe about half the Christmas pile because uh, you just feel bad for the December birthdays. But uh, we got the the Tetris game, uh, which is from Buffalo, and it it plays if if you've played uh, some of Phil Walker's games, uh, it, it it's got the silver and gold sort of flip vibe. And then the pieces from, and the shapes from, uh, from silver and gold actually are Tetris shapes. So it was a nice quick sort of, uh, shift into, uh, Tetris, but you get these nice clear, transparent, uh, sort of columns. If you ever played the original Tetris Nintendo game, and you flip over cards, that tells you what piece to go. You grab it. And put it in. Now, the one thing is, there's only one, there's a couple of things that make it a little different than playing Tetris on a Nintendo. One is there's no music, which it's okay. I miss the, the Tetris music. Two, uh, there's no sort of sliding in at the last moment. Um, where like if you had, uh, you know, one of those, uh, those weird sort of pieces that could hook into another piece, uh, you can't sort of slide over. It's almost like a connect four vibe where you have to slide it down from the top. Um, and you can't switch the orientation, uh, as far as like an opposite of it. So there's only one way that the pieces go in your board. Um, but at the end of the round, uh, there's, and there's spots. So if you get the right piece over those spots, you get bonus points, you get points for rows, you get points for completing missions or objectives. And it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I, I guess, a uh, a very good transition or or uh, implementation, rather, of the original Tetris game, but just in board game form. I can uh, say my with wife- confidence that I never would have thought in a million years <laughs> that you would say, I played the Tetris board game and loved it. Because it just <laughs> doesn't sound like it should translate at all, right? Like, it just doesn't. But that's Phil Walker. I think he can take any theme, any, I think he can make anything fun, honestly, at this point. He might, if he comes out with like a doing dishes board game or something, maybe, but it's, <laughs> but who knows? He might make doing dishes fun, you know? He probably uh, could, honestly. I mean, he might, he could probably make a funeral a good time, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what he does. Yeah. His, his translation from the mundane to the fundane is. Yeah incredible i don't know how he does it like no. even thinking about plants it it's just like plants yeah. tools for plants well, here's a watering can and somehow that game is a lot of fun no yeah it's got it's, a gift yeah no and 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 that's why i will always really look at phil walker harding's games anything he comes out with i've even gone back and purchased other games from his old from his catalog when he first started designing or, or years ago um, because I think that he just has that uh, something special and something fun uh, f- with all his games. So, so that's Agreed. Tetris. Um, another one I really wanted to talk through, and this one was actually it's funny. Uh, this was on a lot of people's best games of 2022 list, and I was like, 
I remember seeing it on Kickstarter and I was like, I don't know about that. And someone was like, Hey, it's actually also on sale at Amazon at current. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So it's getting high praise. It's on sale. Uh, all right. Let me take a look. So I purchased trekking through history and we have played it. I think two or three times here. My wife likes it. My son loves it. And it's just a, it's a simple, uh, it's, simple conceptually um but it's got uh, a little bit of choice management in it where you're trying to pick errors of time and you're trying to build the longest sort of timeline in your um in your player area and you are uh, then using resources to fill in a board that come from the cards that come from the board of where the card is being uh, when you, when you play, when you pick it, uh, and it's a, you know, pretty, it's quick three rounds. Um, and whoever has the highest points wins. And if you can't, uh, for whatever reason, if you, uh, can't continue your timeline, you can stop the one timeline and then start a new timeline. And there's a scoring mechanism on how long your timeline is. So it's like 10, 10 or more. It's X points, but as you build up, um, they're all worth different points. So, um, again, real simple, real fun. It didn't make my list because I actually played it <laughs> in 2023. Um, so it could make my list in 2023. Um, but was a fantastic game and I'm happy I, I got it. I'm obviously even happier I got it on sale. Uh, cause that's always a good thing when you get something fun and then it's on sale. So that's trekking through history. I think you guys will like it too. Again, the simple, it, it it could even be a, you know, a lunchtime thing. Yeah, it wasn't something that I, I had much interest in, and I still don't. So we should just play it and I'll see what I think. <laughs> and then you tell me you hate it. Um, no, I mean I I don't think I'll hate no, it. I, know, I just I don't. there was no the theme never really like trekking through. Yeah, the original trekking through game never appealed to me. And but then again, me parks, either. Me either. You know, the idea of parks isn't fun to me, but like the game itself is really good. Exactly, so. and this—you never know. Got to play. Honestly, it. it's the same way. This was like, I, I and I like the art, um, you know, and the different historical things, uh, and there's like you know facts on the back. So I also saw it as an opportunity to <clears throat> sort of walk my son through some of the historical milestones of our of our uh, of our history, you know. It's it's like uh, me and board games. Just got to try it. It's like you and new food. You just got to try it. <laughs> uh, and then we always get uh, some uh, unstable uh, time uh, from unstable games. We got to play Wrong Party and a lot of Here to Slay. And the reason why we got a lot of Here to Slay is because I think I mentioned on the last podcast, I did buy the new Christmas expansion for it for my son. And, uh, it changes, it's a whole new way to play the game where you have, uh, characters who are, uh, trying to get gifts. Uh, you have objectives that you're trying to accomplish that get you gifts. And then some gifts are good and some gifts are bad. So when you, um, uh, and the first person to three good gifts then win. So it takes the, the amount of the, uh, the hero class uh, win condition out, and it takes the monster slaying condition out. So it's all about getting three uh, positive Christmas presents. 
or GIF, sorry. Um, so real fun. Again, just another way to play a game that we love. So I guess the next one I'll talk about actually was, was recent, was the uh, teaching my son how to play the Pokemon uh, trading collectible card game. I was waiting to hear about this one. <clears throat> um, my pa- Again, I <laughs> I don't know what it is. My patience is tough, uh, specifically while trying to teach, but we played uh, sort of a best two out of three, made it to three rounds, and I think he dug it. I think he liked it. So we'll see if we get more to the table. Um, the deck construction, I don't think he's, if he saw it yet, um, and sort of the strategy behind it, but, um, but I think it was a good afternoon, you know? That was always a tough one with my son, you know, roughly around that age with, uh, deck building. It's hard for them. That's, it's an acquired skill. Deck building is an acquired skill. He just has to spend some time with the cards and. Yeah, and the synergies and all that. So he'll get there. And that's why he's not playing Marvel Snap, right? Because I think he'll get mad and frustrated. Because I think it has <laughs> too much of that, you know? Oh, yeah. Whereas, so obviously, your We often is, do. You know? Yeah, I mean. turn six, please. <laughs> so, Only scumbags so play leader. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, and for those who don't know, my deck right now has leader in it. So, right, yeah, so does my son. Specifically about me. Oh no, my son has it too. Both of you are scumbags. Even with Thanos? Uh, no, I don't think he has it in the Thanos deck, but he's got it in yeah. a different one. And no, that's what I'm saying. Because if he has, he, he got Thanos. He got lucky. Ruins and- people's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you need. I think it's. Uh, you need what Beast, and maybe Beast especially to make that one sing. I've yeah, seen some amazing. He's missing with that. Beast. Yeah. Beast and Quinjet, I think. Yes, and Quinjet. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, those those are the two that make Thanos amazing. Um, okay, so next one we'll talk through. Um, I don't know. Should we do one that we did together? Let's, sure. you know, let's dive. Let's talk more about War Chest because <laughs> we haven't talked about <laughs> War Chest enough. Um, so we uh, got together over the holidays with uh, with our group of guys. Um, and taught war chest, uh, to basically everyone there. It was a war chest dice, dice, Marvel dice throne, dice throne evening. It's what it turned into. Uh, we had so much fun playing those games. We didn't even get to play poker like we normally do. Um, and probably for the best. (laughs) And I think, yeah. And I think we what? How many people walked away purchasing war chest? About five people, six people, almost half, maybe. Uh, and then a few days later, uh, we get a text in our group chat with a link to an online version of War Chest that is featuring a new expansion that is not physically in print yet. However, they are working with AEG, and this is actually uh, the platform where they test out uh, expansions for War Chest. So... Um, we, I then also bought my first copy of War Chest. Ryan was also kind enough to get me a expansion for Christmas. Jerk. And, uh, <laughs> I think we even had some of our other friends purchase copies of War Chest. So listen, you deserve that expansion after what you did with Pokemon for the kids. 
What are you talking about? You asked for it. Stop it. That's not. But anyway. We, we exchange gifts with kids for context. It should only be the kids. Ken, That's the thing. Ken, the went, kids. Ken went and found a, a Pokemon Violet and Scarlet together as a combo pack and was going to get my son one game. I was like, well, why not both? And just gave them both for Christmas. And so it was very nice, but I felt like I had to repay the favor a little. So there you go. Enjoy your expansion. We just need to get you the other one now. Yeah. I, I, and that it ties into my uh, one of my resolutions. So you'll laugh when you hear it. <laughs> <laughs> no more expansions. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I know that. Um, I know so you yeah. can't do that one. Yeah. So, yeah, that one's different. It, it it hasn't been purchased yet, but it's it was close. So, um, but yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think that's good for some of the games played. I mean, everyone knows Clue. We played. I played a card game version of Clue. I played a Christmas version where you're elves, and there's um and and uh, which actually has some of the coolest pieces uh, and components. It has these little plastic um, weapons, which I know Clue's always had weapons in it, but these are like these neat. Uh, and they're all Christmas themed, so like you can murder someone with a fruit cake and a candy cane, sharpened and- candy cane. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Um, so yeah, I guess that does it for. We have so much to get to, so we might as well pause there. And we're forty five minutes in, so yeah, let's just call it there. Unless there's something else you wanted to bring up, I'll, I'll add one thing. Uh, the war chest play at uh, our, our Christmas party for Nerd Hammer Gaming Group was intense and fun and. I wanted to do this, you know, last year, and we never got a chance to play. I knew that group would just fall in love with the game. Oh, and absolutely! Sure enough, everybody just was totally in. So I was glad to see that we could share the brilliance of that perfect abstract game with everybody yeah. there, who's already a war gamer at heart, which is what brought us all together in the first place. It was just nice to see everybody finally get to enjoy it the way we do. So, yeah, cheers yeah. to we, yeah. AEG and to the creators of War Chest, you guys. Just keep, keep making more expansions. <laughs> tip of keep the Kangol. I will buy it. Tip tip of several Kangols. <laughs> All the Kangols. All, right. <laughs> All the Kangols in your closet. Uh, let's talk top 10 2022 releases. So this is tough because I went down my list and I'm like, I didn't play a whole crap load of games that came out solely in 2022. But I, I managed to work up a decent list and I felt pretty good about it by the end of the year. But did you have that problem at all? No, I had 16. <laughs> hard no. Had, hard, hard no. I had 16 um, right off the bat, and then to pare it down to 10 was tough because I All love right, a I lot had, of these games. I had, and then, what, 12 or 14, something like that, so that's not too far off. Yeah, but you have to also think, like, we played a lot of games that we've gotten yeah. in 2021 and 2022 from Kickstarter that showed up or – you know yeah. what I mean? Or, or older games that were like, oh my God, I hear good things and we bought it, right? So, and these are all, and I, I did caveat, these are only games that I played. Like I had to have played it, right? Yeah, Just didn't here. come out and I didn't play it. So those are, the, that's the little asterisks. And yep. only for the honorable, only released in 2022. Yes. And I, uh, I have an honorable mention as always. Um, and that's only because I got to play it one time. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. Well, why don't you start with your honorable mention? We'll just go back and forth. Let's do okay. this. 
yeah. So, my honorable mention is from, I believe, Pandasaurus, and that is The Wolves. Me too. I, I loved this game. I think we talked about it last episode. I, I think mechanically it's amazing. I love the strategic decisions, and I'm not a big area control player. That's not necessarily my style of game, but I don't know if it was more the theme and the collecting aspects of it and okay unlocking the stuff on the board unlocking like maybe those hit There's my some progression there yeah yeah hit my hit my synapses <laughs> properly so yep. um, so yeah too. yeah so i love the wolves i thought it was a great experience and it plays well i feel it's going to play great at any player count just from what i saw uh, yeah cuz i i loved yeah, it at 5 I think so you know I I had that as my honorable mention too. It's it, we only played it the one time, but we had so much fun the one time, and everybody, I th I think everybody clearly liked it and wanted to play it again. And we haven't yet, but I know we will. Um, all the same reasons as you. I also think the moving scoring conditions, where it's not you know you don't hold a region and keep it and score points. It's like constantly moving around the board was just such a cool idea. I, I liked it because uh, then you don't waste anything. Control. Yeah, right? like it makes area if, control very different when the area isn't always the same place to control. Yeah, so very novel. Uh, also, it, it gives you a, a it gives you a thinking agency where, like, you know, you can't get across the board and even come close to doing anything on yeah. this one spot. You so you're like, okay, I can start planning over here and moving towards yep. that way. So yeah, I I love I just I love it. Really, really so, good game. So I'm glad we agreed on that one. I had a feeling that was going to be the case. Especially just because I think this would have been on our top 10 if it was more than one play, but. Well, yeah. I mean, it only came out, I think, in, in retail, what, late November, if not early December. Yeah. It was Something close like to. That. Yeah. So it just squeaked it in. All right. What do you got All at right. 10? So my number 10 uh, is our most played game at PAX, and that is Cat in the Box. Um, I just, I loved this game. I thought it was. Uh, an amazing spin on trick taking. Uh, anyone we've taught it to, anyone we've played it with has enjoyed it. Um, now the reason why it's number 10 for me is because I don't own it. So I felt like I couldn't have a game <laughs> I didn't own higher down the list. So that's why it's only number 10. But for me, that's yeah. Cat Box. That's obviously somewhere on my list. De is that from Devere? Is that Devere or Bezier? I forget Bezier. which one put it out. Yeah, it's Bezier. That's when I walked up to the Bezier booth at PAX and saw like 20 copies and I'm like, yoink, that's mine. Uh, number 10 for me was Creature Comforts. So you brought oh, that along nice. to PAX. Look at that. <laughs> and I actually, so it ran really long. I think that was our only complaint is that it yeah. took a while to play. But again, we were learning. Um, we had five players. So I think most of the time we probably wouldn't play that at five. It would be more at four. And I think the length of the game would be better served with less players but i love the everdellish call you know throwbacks in there i mm -hmm. love the um you know the the dice sort of throwing a wrench into your plans like you can plan ahead but you can't really necessarily guarantee what's going to get rolled is going to work out in the favor that you choose um so you have to kind of be pretty cognizant of where you're playing your, your workers knowing the percentage of chance of getting what you need so there's just a lot of, you know, additional fun there that doesn't exist in Everdell, and it's not quite as I don't I don't think it's quite as difficult 
maybe crunchy is the word I want to use, but not really as Everdell, but it has enough of that to it where it's still a lot of fun. And I think the game, like you have the Kickstarter edition is absolutely beautiful. Everything about it's really, really well done. So that was number 10 for me, Creature Comforts. Alrighty. My number nine uh, is a game where we've actually featured the designer on here and it was our first contest. And that is Reincarnated from uh, Doolittle Gaming, designed by Taylor Doolittle. Uh, this is, uh, again, go. I, w- I encourage people to go back and, and listen to those episodes where we talk about it. Uh, we actually interview Taylor. And again, for the price point, uh, this is a, you get a lot of game in that box. If anything, you get amazing artwork for the price you're paying and a fun game on top. Um, Reincarnated is a sort of card drafting uh, specie chaining uh, game where eventually you become a human and hope that you uh, scored more life points than your opponents with a hidden life goal that you don't know about unless you choose to look at it. It's reincarnated number nine. Yeah. That game's scoring mechanic is just wacky and very interesting. And that's what makes that game so much fun. I think without that, it wouldn't be as good of a game as it is, but I, I love that game. Very good card game. Uh, nine for me was one I really wanted to play last year, and I'm glad I got the opportunity. Even though we only played once, I thoroughly enjoyed it. That was Flamecraft. Um, I like the mechanics, the variety that you play in that game. You could play 50 times and probably not have the same combination of shops. Uh, the quality yeah, of the game Yeah, there's lots of shops. Yeah, the quality of the game itself is way up there. It's just presentation is amazing. Artwork's cute and fun. Uh, but the game's actually fun. Like, it's a good game. It's not It's not the heaviest thing in your collection, but it's not the lightest either. It fits that good middle ground. I think the only complaint I have would be just set up and tear down is a bit of a bear. But in all honesty, it's not that bad. It takes up a huge amount of table space. But I think it's one of those games that deserves the space because it's a bit of a showcase title. But it was really fun. I enjoyed it. I'm glad we got to play it. So that was number nine, Flamecraft. Okay. So my number eight was on my grail list for 2022. Uh, was only available, I believe, in Europe. It might be here in the States by now. Uh, and that's Bad Company uh, from Madigo and Friends. Uh, Bad Company, uh, again, we've talked about it. We played it at PAX. I know you weren't super into it. Uh, or you're a little warm on it. Um, but I love, I, I love a lot of what that game brings. Um, I love the interaction with the different, uh, you know, when you're never out on a turn, right? You're always playing. Uh, so there's no downtime. Um, I love the quirky artwork of building these, this little gang of, uh, criminals. Um, I don't know. I just, it has a lot of things that I enjoy of games. It replaces several games in my collection. Um, because it ha- adds more strategic depth to simpler games that I think could you could teach anybody. Uh, so that was my number eight, Bad Company. It wasn't a bad game. It wasn't. It didn't blow me away. But I do agree about the concurrent play, no downtime, and I I did like the art in that game. Like it's goofy, and I like that goofy <laughs> style. So it, it was not bad. Not a bad game. Just. I don't know. It didn't, didn't hit home for me for whatever reason. Maybe I just need to play it again. 
Uh, eight for me was one of your most anticipated games of last year and probably high on your list, I would imagine. And that was Ark Nova. Uh, I played Terraforming eight? Mars. Are you serious? That's uh, eight? Okay. All right. I played Terraforming Mars so much that playing the zoo version of Terraforming Mars <laughs> doesn't really do a whole lot for me. There are things about that game that are clear improvements over uh, Terraforming Mars. I it's enjoy a the tower building. <laughs> I, I enjoy the. There are a lot of people that would argue against that, but I, I think no, I, know, I, I know. Agree, I agree with you. I think it's got additions from other games added into it that make it a better game. It still has that sort of giant library of cards and the random chance of luck, you know, striking for you or not throughout the course of the game. But there are some more mitigation tactics in that I would say than, than in terraforming Mars, but you know, it still makes number eight on my list. It's a very good game. I think my only knock is that it's just kind of samey for me in that respect. And it's very, very long. Um, but other than that, it replaces Terraforming Mars in most people's collection, including my own. It's Terraforming Mars sitting on my shelf, Ark Nova is not because you bought it. But if I didn't own Terraforming Mars and you didn't buy Ark Nova, I probably would have picked it up. So that's number eight, the zoo building replacement for Terraforming Mars, Ark Nova. Okay, so my number seven uh, is uh, the second game on my list that I don't own. Uh, the first one being Cat in the Box, and I talked about it in my number 10 spot. Now, this thing moved all the way down to 7, just because of how much fun this game is to play, even though I don't own it. Uh, and that is Brian Boru, High King of Ireland. Um, this is uh, area control through trick-taking, action selection through trick-taking. I, I just, it's uh, different tracks to try to work and manipulate. Uh, there's just a lot going on, but yet it's simple, and it's fun, and it's easy to play. And uh takes, again, takes trick-taking in a whole new direction for me. So that's Brian Baru, Hiking of Ireland. So this would have been on my list, except it came out in 2021. However, yeah, but we didn't... I don't think it okay. was available here in 2021. I think it just started getting available in the United States a little later than that, if I remember. Oh, so correctly. you're telling me I cheated? <laughs> I feel no, like it I wasn't. think you technically I don't think it correct. was a thing. I don't think I even yeah. knew it was a thing until 2022. I'm pretty sure it wasn't here until early this year, yeah. so I think you're still good. Okay. But yeah, that I left it off my list because of the 2021 date, but that would absolutely be So you didn't want any topic. controversy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be a straight shooter here. Uh, yes, Brian Brew is fantastic. It's area control and trick taking, like two things that it's like milk and, and olive oil that just don't go together, but somehow they pulled it off in this game and it's just so good. And it doesn't take really long to play, which is the other thing I really like about it. There aren't a lot of really good area control games that you can play with a group of four or five in like an hour, hour and 10 minutes. And this one strikes that chord really well. So good choice. <clears throat> clear my throat here number yeah, seven, seven. Is a kickstarter that i managed to get in this year because it took forever most for most kickstarters to arrive i chose the worst time in the history of crowdfunding games to start crowdfunding games because everything took forever to get here in 2022 and some of the shit that should have arrived in 2022 is now arriving here in 2023 
Verdant <laughs> was one I did get last year from AEG and flat out. I had Cascadia already. I bought that uh, at PAX 2021 and got in on the Kickstarter for Verdant because I enjoyed Cascadia so much and really loved it. I think I like it more than Cascadia, uh, which I think is probably heresy for people who have played both. But I don't know. I like the theme of Verdant. I like the way it plays. I like the limited space you have to work with, and so your decisions are important. I like how much stuff there is to pay attention to from a scoring standpoint. It feels like it's almost more than Cascadia, and I actually think it might be. And I haven't even played with all the bonus objectives yet. Um, really, well, really a different game. part of your brain, I think, than Cascadia. Um, I think so. I that, feel like it, I, it does and it doesn't. Feel, well, it's <laughs> I don't know. Flat out just seems to be able to make the same game better and better every time, but yet make it different enough that it's you know. Yeah, they turn some other dial it, you know? to change yeah. the the shape of the way it works a little differently, and I think it's better as a result and different enough that it makes sense to play them like. I backed fit to print, which we've talked about before. Um, it's another one that's like this where it's, you know, spatial awareness of where you place things, but there's also a bit of a, I think of a simultaneous race condition in that one. Um, but yeah, it's kind of the variation on the same formula and somehow they do it quite well. So number seven for me, Verdant. Yeah. And I have to uh, probably buy your second copy of that. It seems like a, Fit to print. The more that gets brought up, yeah, the more that gets brought up in the house, <laughs> my wife always seems to be like, hey, did you get that game? Or when's that game coming? Or is that like that newspaper game that's coming? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so. Well, it's yours if you want it. Yeah. So, all right. Moving right along. So we're on number six. So my number six is, I guess, our first crossover. You've mentioned it already. Um, I, I agree. Uh, it's a, it's probably the, one of the more beautiful games or the, the most beautiful game that I own, and that's Flamecraft. Uh, the production quality through on this game is through the roof. Um, but yes, that set up and tear down, uh, are a bit of a beast or a bit of a bear. But if you're going to be playing with these, <laughs> I think well, I'll use our, our coin phrase, artisanal components, then it <laughs> needs to be set up and given its time to, uh, really show off its glory and it's a table hog. So you need a big table to play this. Um, I don't think that I thought, you know, our folding tables were just barely making it work and it was still frustrating probably for some folk. Um, but yes, Flamecraft uh, definitely needed to make the list. If anything, not only that, it's a fun game to boot, but just production quality alone. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about a pretty game, uh, nice components and all that stuff. But when it hits the table, it's got to be fun. It's got to be entertaining and it's got to hold our attention, especially for us now as being more seasoned gamers. And I think we appreciate the heavy stuff. We appreciate the light stuff and we appreciate the stuff probably that falls in the middle like this the most because it's hard to make a game either. It's easy to make a game too simple and it's really easy to make a game too hard. It's hard to make it somewhere in between where it still holds your attention and, and is fun. And they do a good job with that game. Uh, six. Six for me was a reprint of a game that you own, Libertalia. And this is Libertalia Winds of Galecrest. Uh, Stonemeyer reprinted this. We've talked a little bit about it. I've gotten to play it maybe four or five or six times so far. And it's, you know, 
mostly true to the classic, to its its uh, predecessor, with some welcome additions. I think the art actually is really fun. Uh, I don't know. Some people don't like it. I think it's you know not bad. Just doesn't um, bother me. And the game itself is just really fun. It moves so quick. It's an easy to play game. Good strategy. Um, lots of interesting choices throughout the course of play. I just think it's one of those keeper games where like you you don't look at it and go. I'm going to play this all day, but you don't look at it and go, I'll probably never play that again. It's something I could just see coming out. It's like a quick filler game, um, even though it's a little bit more than a filler game. So I'm happy that I picked it up, and I think Stonemeyer did a really good job with the reprint. So that's Libertalia Winds of Gale Crest at number six. My number five is um, another crossover with you, Ryan. So I'm glad that these also made your list, and that is Creature Comforts. Um, another well-produced, uh, amazing oh, yeah. quality. Um, not quite as uh, heavy to set up as 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 a as a flamecraft, um, just because of the beautiful inserts that come in the box. Um, but taught this to my wife. My wife really enjoys this. My son enjoys this. Uh, Is it game and, trays? You heard? Yeah, the game trays. Yeah, the, yeah. the insert that sits inside. They're so nice. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but again, the art is amazing. Uh, these anthropomorphic little sort of Everdell-ish type world. Um, the, the homage and nod it gives to games such as Everdell and Wingspan and I think Feast for Odin or one of the other ones. Uh, you know, there's little uh, hints inside the, the game where they make, uh, you know, nods to those games. And that's from Kids Table Board Games. Uh, the sequel just got funded, or sort of a successor, or, or or it's a different game, but it's still in the same world called Maple Valley. So I'm looking forward to that one in 2023. Um, and yeah, Creature Comforts. Good choice. I do love that artwork. It's so good. Uh, number five was a early entry in 2022. Super happy we got copies of it, and that's The Mirroring of Mary King. Uh, that is my two-player game of the year. I think that game is so solid and so much fun, and one of the most interesting designs I've ever played. Uh, you have a tile set of tiles in the middle of the table, flipped over on either side. One player represents Mary King. The other player represents her ancient ghost ancestor trying to possess her body, and you're just fighting for control of Mary King's, uh, you know, persona over the course of the game the card play is very tight the uh puzzle of trying to flip over as many tiles as you can on your turn uh you know while preventing your opponent from doing the same the fact that you have to discard cards that you permanently lose or or could potentially lose for the rest of the game just to be able to do certain things there's a lot of really interesting choices so jim felly made a fantastic two-player game and it was just Super happy to pick up a copy and, and get some plays in. So number five is the mirroring of Mary King from Devious Weasel Games. Yeah, I'm I'm so sad I didn't get to play this in 2022. I own it. <laughs> I did buy it, Jim, so don't feel bad. I did get it. It will get it will hit the table, but um <clears throat> I just didn't get a chance to play it um to to make the list. But uh, again, if Ryan says it's that good, I'm super excited and super pumped. I love My first games. games were against Jim, who I can say that I beat the designer once. So, but Jim <laughs> smashed me in the other game. So, cheers, Jim. 
All right. My number four uh, is the smallest game, I think, on the list, or on my list, from uh, Richard Garfield as a co-designer, and this is Mind Bug. Uh, it's a small card game. What is it? You get 10 cards, 11 cards, something like that? I it's can't not a even lot. remember. Not a lot, yeah. Something like that. And you make a deck, and you get these three mind bugs where you can steal three of your opponent's cards. They can steal three of yours. And uh, whoever's the last man standing, basically. Um, and um, I-, I think it's fantastic. Uh, a lot of crunchy decisions, a lot of great artwork, fun, whimsy artwork. Um but strategic depth because you never know what they have. They don't know what you have. You don't know what you have because you're not, you know, um, constructing it. You're just getting a yeah. random pile of cards and make yeah. it work. Yeah, it's a great game. So what's that? That one location in Snap that does this basically it gives you random cards. The uh, hub is that it. Is it the, the hub? Randomizes it, yeah. your deck. I can't remember. Yeah, it gets yeah. you ten, ten. Remove your deck and get ten cards or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that's basically how you start this game because you <laughs> you don't know. But uh, that's mind bug. It's chaos, and it's it's you know the theme and all the weirdness of it works well together. It's it's like one of those quick hit card games. That's one of those ones that you can just pack in your work bag or you know backpack or whatever and just whip out and play anywhere because the games are so quick they're intense they're close you and i played a few games of this where it was down to the very last card very very close down to the wire where one of the two of us misplayed and the other one it was just well there was even a game where like you your deck from the randomization was just like so good and i got smoked by like turn four you just (laughs) so like it's just such a it's fun and it's really well balanced for the most part, even though that you're getting random cards. So yeah, for being random, it's balanced in a weird way because every card is good, right? There's not a bad card. It's just how you use it. When you use someone put it, it was like, if, if you just had a deck of nothing but overpowered cards, (laughs) but the problem is your opponent does too. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. A good choice. Uh, number four for me was long shot. The dice game. Um, I was surprised how much I like this. I bought it because I saw it on shut up and sit down <laughs> and <laughs> Your favorite. a bunch of other, yeah. And a bunch of other places. Uh, and I picked it up thinking, all right, you know, I don't have anything like this. It's kind of like a, a dice roll and write bet game. And I like this a lot more than I thought I would. I played it a whole bunch this year, um, both solo and with other people, I love the different scoring conditions. You can buy horses. They'll give you special abilities that other players don't get. So you're trying to combo what you pick for every round or what you try to roll or choose for the roll every round. Um, it's, it's just down to the wire betting sometimes and seeing which way the horses finish. There's some manipulation of horses on the track. So you can kind of screw with your opponents or they can screw with you. Um, it just is like a really, really fun multiplayer roll and write that plays fairly quick. And has some actually interesting decisions in it. So sometimes roll and rights tend to, you know, the, the quick multiplayer ones tend to be a little too simplistic for me. This one just had enough complexity to not be too complex to introduce other players, but still scratch that itch for me. So that was number four. It was long shot, the dice game. 
So this was number 12 on my list. I love Longshot. I think Longshot's great. I'm glad it's in the collection. I don't own it. Ryan owns it. Um, I think we've been like three, four times. Yeah. I know Ready, Set, Bet was the big one this year from John D. Clare. That was kind of the same type of thing. Yeah, everyone seems to was, give that the, the flowers. Yeah. But and I haven't played I, I Ready, think, Set, Bet, so I can't say for sure, but a long shot was, was it hit, hit a, a good nerve for me this year. Would you have it my three? number three, my number three uh, was on another list that we made. I believe it was uh, releases at one of the conventions. It was my number one. Uh, and again, it's a party game. <laughs> we talk about, you know, rarely playing party games, but this one seems to continue to see play the more people we introduce it to. And that's green team wins at number three. Um, uh, and, and, um, I'm excited. To, there's another group that wants to play it, uh, in, in my family. They're chomping at the bit. We never got to play it with our with our Christmas friends at the Christmas party to to gamble with it. We tried to figure out how to do gambling rules with it. But, um, Degenerate. But Green Team Wins is just a lot of fun. Uh, it's simple. Uh, it, it, and again, I think what adds to it is the group and the people you play with. Like, can oh, you yeah. table talk? Can you – do you know who's around the table well enough or not well enough or – you're taking a guess on what you think someone's going to like. Um, so it's a good icebreaker game when you're getting to know people. Uh, it sparks conversation. So it's kind of fun in, in those angles. But that's uh, Green Team Wins, number three. Yeah, uh, good choice. And also not on my list, but would be my choice for party game of the year. Um, I play this with a couple groups now, and everybody seemed to like it. The only person that didn't really think much of it was my wife, which I was kind of surprised by because she's always asking me to find party games, and I found a good one, and she's like, "Meh." But this reminds me of Wavelength a little she bit. She also didn't. She also didn't like So Clover, right? She didn't like <laughs> So Clover. Uh, she no, she thought that one was fun. Okay. She, she didn't mind that one. Usually, if she doesn't complain about it, that means it's not too bad in her book. So, but hold uh, on, did she play with people that she enjoys? For green team wins, or was she frustrated by the people at the table? No, we were playing with with uh, with friends of ours that you know okay. played games with before. Right. So yeah, good group. I'm still trying to I'm trying to find the reason why because I disagree with Liz 100. percent I have no idea. <laughs> I could never. If I could explain that, I'd be a rich man. Uh, <laughs> love you, guys. So I, what I was going to say though this this reminds me of Wavelength, another party game where you it spurs table conversation. Like yeah, someone writes okay. something down and that. you're like, what in the hell did you write that for? Like, there's always that one person at the table. That's just like the total outlier and writes like camel instead of like cat or dog for what you want for your favorite house pet or whatever. Uh, it's just got that quality. There's to a it, Charlie Kelly in every group. Thing. Yeah. There's yeah, there's a wild cow bitches. Um, but it has that quality to it, which I like. So it's it's fun. It's a very fun party game. Number three for me was Mindbug. Uh, I love that game so much, in fact, that I'm kind of pissed I haven't played it in a while. It's um, been a while, all yeah. The, all the things you said about it are great and true. Um, it's one of the few like small box card games I own that I'm like always willing to play. There aren't a lot of those that I have that I'm, I'm 
willing to take out and be like, yeah, all right, this one's just an absolute yes. It's so easy to get out. It's so easy to teach. It's super simple to play, and it's so close and nail-bitey and competitive. It just scratches all my itches in a card game. So easily my number three this year was Mindbug, and if you haven't played it, I highly suggest you try to find a copy because it's such a good game, especially if you're a former MTG player or collectible card game player. It's It fits that slot really nicely. Set up is here. Here's 10 random cards. Let's play. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> <laughs> Learn some keywords. You're good to go. All right. Now we are on number two. <clears throat> and uh, you heard earlier uh, the games we've played and some of our favorite designers. I couldn't have a list without a Phil Walker Harding game. So my number two is Planted. Uh, this was uh, a game from Buffalo. Uh, it's about house plants where you're drafting resources to feed your plants. Um, you're drafting items to increase end game scoring or to, uh, trigger, uh, end game goal scores. Um, uh, it's, um, what do we say? If Verdant was, uh, if Cascadia implanted had a baby, you'd get Verdant earlier in the yes. year. <laughs> yeah, I think that's an um, accurate description. So, um, but yes, my number two, uh, it was a Target exclusive for a while. I think you could now find it at Walmart, maybe, or maybe that was summer camp was Target exclusive, but now it's at Walmart, but, um, planted, um, you might still be able to find it on your shelves at Target. Um, fun drafting game, simple, light, easy to teach, relaxing, planted. Super high quality too for, for what you pay. Oh yeah. Excellent. Game, excellent. Excellent. Which I think we've talked about before, but for, for the quality of that game and then how simple yet fun it is again, another Phil Walker Harding game. He just manages to do it all the time. It's a really good deal. So good choice. Two for me. Number two was cat in the box. Uh, we played a ton of it. We played it after I'd like to play it again. I love trick taking games and I like trick taking games where they throw a little bit of a, a twist to the game, and there's none I've played that throws more of a twist into trick-taking than Cat in the Box. It is an extremely clever little game. It is very simple and easy to play. It is very simple and easy to teach, um, yet it is very deep and complicated. There are certain ways to play that game, and when you think you've wrapped your head around that, someone comes in and just changes the dynamic in some way or some fashion, and you have to rethink your strategy. The cards you're dealt every turn change, and so you have a very different approach, just like you do in most trick-taking games. But the catch here is that you don't be the one, you don't want to be the one to screw it all up because you don't score. And that's such a punitive thing in a trick taking game that you have to do everything you can to play around it. So not only are you competing against other players for certain things, but you're also competing against your own hand, which I think is a wonderful, wonderful uh, twist on that genre. So easily my number two and probably. If it weren't for my number one, this probably would have been my pick for game of the year because of how much we enjoyed playing it together. But that's Cat in the Box from Bezier. All right, drum roll. Number one, what do you got? I'm excited to <laughs> well, hear this. The whole time you're going through your Cat in the Box, obviously I echo everything. I talked about Cat in the Box earlier. That's our f that's our fourth crossover. Um. And I'm like, what is his number one? And I'm like, oh, I know what his number one is. Um, so, and I think you know where my number one is at based on not hearing it and it uh -huh. being our fifth and last crossover. Uh, that's Ark Nova. 
Uh, uh-huh. It's my number one game of the year. Uh, I love this game uh, for so many reasons. Uh, I love the theme. I love the art. I love the game mechanics. Uh, I love it because I don't own and I didn't buy all the terraforming Mars stuff. Um, <laughs> I didn't buy the Ares Expedition Target exclusive version. <laughs> um, but, but I've always liked terraforming Mars, right? We played it at our first PAX. I ended up teaching it to other people, strangers at PAX. Uh, my, my, uh, my wife's cousin, when he was here visiting, we went and bought the Ares Expedition version. We played that. Uh, it's a fantastic game. I like it, but I just, it, it, it wasn't enough of a game. There was something that was always holding it back for me, uh, which is why I never bought it. And then along comes Ark Nova. And I think it takes everything that I liked about Terraforming Mars and then added the things that I didn't like about Terraforming Mars. It found those things for me. Um, and that's why Ark Nova is my number one. I had no doubt that that's where it would end up for you. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, you know, again, I played so much Terraforming Mars that I couldn't give it that high of a rating because it's no, just kind I'm, of samey. I get me. it. But you are right. This adds things to that game, to that, that mold that makes it a better game overall. And I had more fun when we played Ark Nova, we played two times. We didn't finish the first. It was just two player, but that's the four player. I enjoyed it the whole time. Like I enjoyed playing that game. I mean, it had to, it had to be on my top 10 because it was legitimately fun and challenging. Um, and I don't really always give a good, score rating to like the solitaire kind of games like that, where you're just kind of playing yourself versus other players. But this one has so much going on and the timers that sort of come in because of the actions of other players sort of rush you or make you change your decisions as a result. I just, I don't know. I I like that a lot about it. And so I can see why you love this so much and it is up your alley. Building a zoo is like, I think if you were a billionaire, you probably would have several zoos under your own legal jurisdiction. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I just, I just started following this kid on YouTube who has this place down in Florida. He's got this like mansion with his own pond, and he's oh Ryan, yeah, so you're you're right. If I had Is this like Tiger I King you money too, I would. Yeah, if I had a few money, I would be definitely uh, having my own uh, menagerie. A reptile hall of some sort, I'm sure. Something. Just something out of a bad dream. Uh, all right. So number one for and me. And number one. A game I played a lot this year, and I played with a bunch of different groups. Um, but I've enjoyed it no matter who I played it with, and so did they. And I think most people that played it left impressed and wanted more, and that was Return to Dark Tower. Um, co-ops are a big deal, as I've mentioned in this house, and so we play a lot of them. And I was on the fence about this game all the whole time. I didn't back the Kickstarter because I was kind of like grossed out at the price. Same for retail when it was out and just random chance over the summer. I picked it up uh, in Syracuse when I was up there and uh, felt bad about <laughs> felt shame for spending 200 bucks on this thing. But I have had hours and hours of play out of this game. Everybody enjoys it. It's so well-designed. The tower is really cool. Um, difficulty levels through the app make the game legitimately hard and challenging. The presentation on the app, it's one of the best games I've ever played with 
you know, app usage involved. I just absolutely love it. Um, I'm looking forward to some more expansion content next year. I think, uh, it was a game found or backer kit. They did a, another, uh, crowdfunding thing on there for an expansion. So I back that. Um, but what a game and what a co-op experience. I've yet to try the competitive mode. I really do want to try that, but we have to get this to the table with our group at some point. Uh, it's yes, just, I have never so played well this done. behemoth. Yes. It's so well done. It's so interesting. And, uh, it's just fun. Like games are supposed to be fun. And this one, every time I play it, we have a lot of fun. And I will say that I am really bad at it. I have killed my family <laughs> playing this three separate times now, I believe, because I'm just like not paying attention or have like some bravado about, eh, I don't have any potions. I can go in there and whoop the shit out of this dragon. And then that dragon just literally bites my skull off. So return to Dark Tower. Look at that. I know it's got Leroy a- Jenkins disease. Yes, I do. I definitely do. <laughs> if you, uh, you know, if you have reservations about spending 180, 200 bucks on a board game, you are absolutely correct. But let me tell you, if you're okay with it, this is definitely a purchase to make. So highly recommend. And that is also, I know we wrote down on the show notes, like our 2022 game of the year. I don't know why I wrote that because our number ones would probably be our game of the year, right? So that's my game of the year. Well, I don't know if yours is different. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my my game well, of 2022. So what's interesting is I uh I I went with the top game of the year in a different direction. I I used it as a game that didn't necessarily need to come out in 2022. Oh, I have that too. I have that too, like oh. a game that you So okay. I, I think right. it just like of releases of 2022 I wrote down and I'm thinking why would we not just use our number ones for that? So no. Yes. Yes, I don't. I didn't have another <laughs> list. I have the other, the other one. Um, yeah. So, but um, like so the game. I have a, I think. Go ahead. I have one question, and uh, maybe it was the year it came out. But why is Vagrant Song not on your list? Didn't come Wasn't out in twenty twenty two. That was a twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah, but if we're going to okay. talk about our category of you know <laughs> the game that that sort of identified 2022 for us uh that is vagrant song for me i've talked so much about this i'm not going to ramble on more about it because everyone yeah. that listens to us has heard so much about it but it was the best cooperative game experience i've ever had it was the best narrative game experience i've ever had it was one of the most fun mechanically i've ever played and it's just such a complete package that I miss it and I'm looking forward to experiencing it with you guys this year. But yeah, Vagrant Song was the game that defined 2022 for me. And for me, I, I have to give it to War Chest. Um, <laughs> that I was my like super close second. We Well, and I actually have an honorable mention for this too, but I, and I'll talk about that one after because we've talked again, we've talked about War Chest a lot, but we played a lot of War Chest. We exposed a lot of people to War Chest. We had. We might be single-handedly responsible for the most copies of War Chest being bought in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Um, because of how many times we've recommended and taught this to people. Um, we're trying to figure out how to do a tournament with our friends uh, at War Chest coming up in 2023. Um, so this just, uh, again, for such a simple game, highly strategic, highly, you know, just immense amounts of fun. Uh, it's got some unique decision-making. Uh, and it's just chips in a bag, but it's so, so, there's just so much in this. And my honorable mention was Oath. 
I think we started the podcast because of Oath in a way, right? Like, yeah, that was up here, uh, close to being mentioned. I like didn't our, because it yeah. was so long ago and we haven't played yeah. it in so long, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> cause just the experience, uh, getting to talk with Kyle, um, and, and, and you know, being maybe one of the few or we're on the side of the fence that love oath and love the, what leader had put out here. Um, I know it had some controversy or some people that didn't like it, but, or could get into it. But I think we, and our group really dug and gravitated towards it. Um, and if there weren't other games that came out in 2022, we might've been playing oath <laughs> all year. Um, but, um, we took, we took a break from it, but I think we're going to pick it back up in 2023 as well. But that was again, yeah. my honorable mention. Haven't yeah. played a game quite like that, right? Like it's a very <laughs> unique one of a kind style game. Yeah. I think that's another one I would put as honorable mention. Uh, I think there are a lot of people that do really enjoy it and appreciate it, but I do think there are a lot of people that don't. I think it's one of those like 60, 40 games where 60% didn't get it for what it is and 40% loved it. But yeah, I mean, it's a legacy game and it's in a weird way and it, it's, you know, you base your, you, you, you get what you put in, uh, yeah. you tell the story of the kingdom. And I, I think we did a really good job. Our book is so well illustrated and, and Brad and Joe did fantastic jobs as chancellor recording their history, the history of their kingdom. And that game sort of set the stage for what our gaming group was going to get used to in the coming year and a half. And we have so much more yeah. growth to go from games this year, but yeah, I would love to get back to Oath. I, I absolutely love that game and I hope we do this year. So very good choice. Good, good suggestion. I completely. I, I'm literally looking at it right now thinking, God damn it. Why didn't I bring that up? But yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to say anything other than vagrant song. It just, that, that game blew me out of the water and still does. So, all right. Um, I have one quick question for you that wasn't on the agenda. Shoot. What was your biggest okay. disappointment of 2022 game that you played? <laughs> you serious? Yeah. Yeah, did you have any in 2022 that you played that you just oh. were like, God, this I, I did not like this at all? And I, I think I know the answer, but I'm asking anyway. <laughs> so, okay, so there's a couple games that are on my purge pile that I hadn't, I didn't get a chance to get rid of. Um, yeah, let's say one you Kickstarter own. that well, because <laughs> otherwise the answer would just be Hansa Teutonica and shows over. Well, Hans is up there. Hans is up there. <laughs> um. Uh, but also I honestly like, and I hate to be negative, but I, I didn't really enjoy search for planet X. I know we played that a couple times. Um, and then I jokingly sent out their next game, which is basically yeah. <laughs> jungle clue. Like, and maybe I like that one more, but like, I don't know. There's just something about the way they do the logic puzzle that just, I don't know with the app. I don't know. There's just some sort of disconnect for me. Um, but, Swinging back to games that I bought, and again, on the purge pile, uh, my biggest disappointment was Destinies uh, of 2022. Yeah. Um, I, I I bit into the hype burger, uh, and we played it um, here uh, once. I was like, okay. I, I mean, basically, we killed our gaming group because of how bad that game was. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> like we stopped playing. Um, and, uh, we have to circle back and, and get that one going again. But yeah, that, that really, I can't wait to get rid of it. And I'm so glad that I don't like it. So I don't have to buy more of it. Um, to be honest with you, but yeah, yeah expansions, it, didn't, it right? didn't hit for me. Oh, there's, there was a whole other Kickstarter. There was expansions I didn't pick up, um, from the first one. So I don't know. I just, I'm glad it just didn't work out for me because again, you've got other games that I think are going to be better from a story narrative driven perspective and, uh, mechanically are going to be more sound, even though there yeah. was like bits and pieces that I dug. Um, but it just, I don't know. That one fell flat for me. How about you? Um, it was hard for me to pick something because most of the stuff that I've played this year, I loved. Uh, there wasn't a lot that I played that I was like, meh. I think Trails was one I was meh on. Um, Bad Company, I wasn't meh on. Like, I thought it was a good game. It just wasn't something yeah, you were like, I, I purchased. I put that as a, like a lukewarm. <laughs> no, I think I was more than that, but it's just not something I, I think I would necessarily buy. Cause you, probably because you own it, honestly. Like, that has a yeah. big part in things, but um, I would say probably Dice Realms. I, I was, I, I like Tom Lehman's stuff. Oh yeah, that one was tough, yeah. And I, I picked that up, uh, paid full ass retail price for that one. Um, was really looking forward to getting it to the table. I was like, oh man, Dominion with Dice, this sounds better than having to shuffle cards all the time. And, and then when I got it, I was just grossed out by the presentation of it. It's ugly. I was grossed out by Having to sort. I love the way you're using the term "grossed out." Like, yeah, like it's the game's just ugly. Like, it, it like, literally like, looks like a prototype to me sometimes when I look at it. Uh, and like, I'm not trying like, to like, like as if it's a the garbage pail kids of of yeah. board games. <laughs> I'm not trying to, to to take a dump on Tom's hard work or the folks that designed it, but it just is an yeah. inferior product to Dominion. And I know you get a box with like all the Dominion expansions in it, basically because it's like a million die faces, but. I just found that fiddly. I found the scoring really weird. The, the end game condition of, of using a 10 tile really weird. Like it just was, it didn't work. Oh, it didn't was, work as uh, a game. And ironically enough, uh, I'm seeing it on sale for like 40 bucks now. So I don't think I'm alone in my assessment. I just don't, it didn't hit home at all for me. And, you know, we'll talk to them. Don't forget the, bar was it Barbarians or Winner? What was it? Winner or Barbarians? I kept eating all <coughs> the, of my wheat. Yeah, the fate die. And we, <laughs> yeah, and we kept rolling the, the uh, snowflake icon, which is winter. And just all your wheat, all your wheat was gone. And you were just like, this game, this game sucks. And, you know, you ended up almost winning at the end. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I tried to like it. I gave it a fair shot and it didn't hit home for me. So that was probably my dis most disappointing of the year. And that was yeah, that was probably my number two. That was yeah. like my number two. Like, it, it, like definitely destinies because I really was super excited about that. And then uh, again, I I was excited for dice realms too. I mean, yeah. Again, Tom Tom Lemon. Um, and then and then Hans would probably be three. <laughs> Hans is oh, woof. See, I like that one. I had a lot of fun yeah. playing that game. Oh, I love. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Euros can be good. Like, I don't know why you hate the Europeans. What's the matter Stop with you? Stop it. That's not, I like, <laughs> there were so many games on my list that could be considered Euros. All right. Jump into New and, Year's resolution. Go ahead. Are we doing and that before Backbot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. 
Go ahead. I know you uh, got three. So I have three. Uh, so the one, and the, and the sad part is, um, all of these, like, they're, they actually could happen. They could. Um, and, uh, so my first one is to actually start a, or the, uh, Oswan campaign. Uh, I really want to get Oswan to the table, uh, with the right people. Uh, and, uh, you better not ask me. I know. No, I'm joking. I absolutely but yeah. want to play. <laughs> yes. But yes, yeah, so that was my first resolution, was to start an OS1 campaign. Well, what are What's the other two? One? Oh, you, you want me to go through all Yeah, I want to hear all these. This is going to be interesting. Okay, so so, the, so this one is sort of similar to the OS1 campaign, is play more games of what I have that I also haven't played. So, uh, you know, trying to get through more waiting for. shelf of shrink. Um, cause then it goes with my third one is buy slash back less games. And then I have a little asterisk that expansions don't count <laughs> uh, because, because basically you're buying expansions to games you already own as opposed to buying a whole new game. So, uh, that's my caveat for that one. But I think all three of these sort of work together a little bit. Um, and again, playing stuff that I own, playing stuff that I own that I haven't played, uh, getting one of them specifically going, and then try to limit my uh, selection of what comes in. Well, how much With, again, do you expansions uh, being? How much do you want me to keep you honest this year? Uh, I don't know. What do you mean by that? <laughs> Like just well, to, for just example, to call for, me out every time I shit the bed. Uh-huh. Pretty much, <laughs> I'm gonna gloat a little. No, I, I think uh, I, I think the shrink one is important. I think you got to play what you got because it does two things. Yeah. One, you might find stuff you really love, and two, if you don't, it's gone, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my only one, I technically have two, so I guess I'll I'll say them both. My first one is no more Kickstarter. I'm gonna stop backing games. Um, I've had such issues with some of the stuff I've gotten this year arriving late or not arriving. Um, monstrosity comes to mind, which was a shut up and sit down collab. They did an expansion with, uh, deep water games and radio silence on that campaign. Um, since I don't know, October, November. even though it's in target. Yeah. Yep. Um, I guess the, the deep water split off from the main oxide media company, to be their own company and they only have one guy running it and no employees other than him. Um, so the odds of me seeing that are slim to none, which is really disappointing. And there goes that money um, because they're not offering. So when you go into, when you go into the campaign and you look in the comments, like this is like a big thing. Oh yeah. People were I'm surprised. I didn't hear about this. People are pissed. Yeah. I'll have to, you have to check it out if you get the chance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's disappointing. Deep rock galactic still not here, although they did a good job fulfilling in a reasonable amount of time. So I can't complain. And supposedly it's awesome. Frost Haven, not here yet. I waited forever for most of this stuff. Um, and to be honest with you, I could go out and buy Frost Haven cause it's in retail. There's shops that have it. So it really isn't other than some price savings, a huge benefit, um, to doing this. Plus, I bought so much shit this past year on Kickstarter, like exclusives and bonus stuff and extras that I don't need it. 
I'm not going to use it. I'm probably not going to play it more than like six or seven times the entire year if I'm lucky for most games. Games that see the How table dare six you or talk seven like that. <laughs> yeah, the ga- games that see the table six or seven times a year are the ones that get played the most because we play so much stuff. So I'm doing my best this year to not do Kickstarter stuff. I did stop in December. I backed Soul Last Days of a Star, which I'll talk about in the backbot section. But since then, I'm not. I'm trying not to do any the rest of the year. I'll just wait for retail. And then the other one was just try to play um, <clears throat> a bit more variety in the collection. So I've got a good amount of stuff here. And some of these games that I own just aren't seeing the table anymore. And I need to play them to find out if they're worth keeping around. You know, I'm looking at Unearth, which I love, or uh, Food Chain Magnate, which hasn't even hit the table yet. Champions of Midgard, Dice Forge, um, you know, there's there's a whole bunch that I could play yeah. and just don't. Yeah, I hear you. And I feel like if I'm not getting value out of them, they probably don't don't deserve to be on the shelf anymore. And I don't know if I'm not playing because we have better choices. Part of the reason I think, and I'll, we'll find this out, is because we just keep buying new shit. And so if we stop doing yeah. that, well, we'll go back to some of the classics. So hopefully in 2023, I can pull that off. So I think we have some good resolutions, right? We're going to spend less this year and, and, you know, get more games in that we already have that we haven't played enough, which is a good thing. And I'm completely honest. I'm curious to see what some of the stuff you have in shrink plays like. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have almost the whole game store in shrink. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's probably a lot of really good titles in there that we haven't even touched yet. So yeah, looking forward to those. All right. We are at almost an hour and 40 minutes. So let's, uh, let's speed through some back bot here. Okay. Uh, I'll start us off. Mine's not too bad. Okay. So since uh, PAX, I picked up a, a few things, uh, <laughs> and then I'll go over the Kickstarters that arrived quick. So Kickstarters that came in, Hamlet, Not Hunt, Birds of a Feather. Glad they're finally here. Should get a shipping notification for Deep Rock and Frosthaven within the next couple of weeks. So looking forward to getting those in as well. Uh purchases i got green team wins as we discussed i also bought another copy for some friends to give them as a christmas gift i uh, was supposed to see him but got canceled so we'll we'll see him in a couple weeks <clears throat> dominion so i'm purging dice realms and getting dominion uh, and you just so happened to find find a used copy on ebay if i remember correctly where it came with all the expansions or some expansions you gave me the base copy you took the expansions we split the price so that was a good deal uh, War of the Ring, the card game, which I pre-ordered in December, but it arrived uh, in January, it's sitting right in front of me right now. Um, so thrilled to get that game and can't wait to play it with you guys. And then another splurge purchase. Um, I've wanted this game for a while, and holy shit, the rule book is intimidating. I have not gotten it to the table yet. It's just to be intended to be played solo or maybe with my son or wife. We'll see. And that's Mage Knight Ultimate Edition. Uh, games oh, keep had a yeah. copy of they had a bunch of copies of it, but they had one on sale. It's 120 normal price. I got it for 90 bucks and I took it up and I asked, uh, is it Carl is the guy's name? Yep. Carl. Yeah. I asked Carl, uh, why is this marked down so much? Just go, oh, the box has a ding in the corner. It literally looks like someone just flicked it with their finger really hard. And I'm like, that's yeah, a $30 discount, huh? He's like, yeah, man, people were crazy about that stuff. So I'll take it for 90 bucks. So Mage Knight ultimate edition. Uh, I tried to read the fruit of the rule book and like, I, I can't even tell you how complicated that rule book is. It looks 
brutal. So I'm going to have to watch some videos to distill that thing down because I might never get it to the table if I have to read that thing again. So that was my whole back <laughs> bought. Um, lots of new stuff to play, and I've played most of it already, which is great. And I'm hoping that whatever's left to come comes soon so that I can uh, get those to the table too. All right. I'm going right. to go to bed and let you finish the show while you go through your back bot list. <laughs> and I'll talk to you in the morning. <laughs> no, go ahead. It actually isn't that bad. And I knew, <laughs> and, and again, I, I tried to be conscious of my resolutions. Um, and uh, so backed. The only thing I think that I've backed since we talked last was Empire's End. Empire's End uh, was on uh, one of my most anticipated lists earlier in the year. It finally made it to Kickstarter. That's already been fulfilled since I think we recorded last. I don't even yeah. know if I mentioned it in the last episode. I don't think so. Um, this is sort of a reverse um, uh, I guess engine. It's sort of an engine builder where you're, you're your your kingdom is in full flourish mode when you start the game, and then every round something maybe gets uh, gets destroyed, and then you're managing your pieces of your kingdom that are destroyed versus not destroyed while trying to uh, get them undestroyed again. It just seems to have a lot of cool uh, mechanisms and mechanics in it. That's Empire's End. Uh, I think that was Brotherwise as well. So Brotherwise has good uh, track record with me anyway. You know, with uh, Boss Monster and Call to Adventure. Yeah. So, uh, plus this one just looked like it had a little bit, you know, it was more uh, my style of game. And then the, so that was the only thing I've backed since we recorded last, uh, board game wise. Um, so uh, now we, and I had one delivered, which was uh, the Big Shuffle, uh, which was a card game locally. Uh, by some designers here in Philadelphia. Read through the rules. Again, seems pretty simple, seems pretty fun. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting that to the table. Uh, that was on a whim. I was sort of just trying to support some local uh, designers, and I'm hoping that game is good. So uh, then I mentioned Trucking Through History was a whim purchase. Yep. Uh, we each went and got our copies of The Meeting of Mary Kay, or Mary King, Mary, Mary Kay. Kay. <laughs> the mirroring of Martha Stewart. Sorry, the mirror, yeah. The mirroring of Mary Kay. Um, you talked about going to, to Games Keep. They had a Dominion Seaside expansion uh, on the clearance rack during Black Friday, so I picked up that. Uh, Ryan mentioned we went halvesies on a used Dominion copy. It came with Dominion Base and Dominion Intrigue. Uh I got Dominion Intrigue, which was the first expansion for Dominion. Seaside was the second. Uh, and uh, I bought a copy of War Chest, uh, which is something that, again, it became our game of the year, my game of the year. Uh, you needed to own and it. And we knew we were going to need it. We were needing to play with multiple people. So one copy wasn't going to cut it in our group. So we had to buy a second copy. Um, and then. Uh, Stonemeyer, uh, did a, uh, sale on one of the expansions to Tapestry. I think it's called, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Plots and something. Plots and something. It's a P and P, but, uh, so I picked that up. 
Uh, and then I threw two expansions for Rolling Realms, uh, one for Ark Nova and one actually for Rolling Realms. So Rolling Realms has a Rolling Realms expansion. So I thought that was kind of clever little in- so meta. So meta. So I threw those. Um, so I put that together uh, with a, with my Stone Stonemaier Champion discount. It was a pretty good deal. Um, and then the only new game that I purchased, uh, it hasn't arrived yet, is called The Great Split. And this was one, Ryan, I don't know if you remember, was also on my list. Yes. This is the one where it's an I split, you choose drafting game. And then you're building a tech tree, depending on what cards you're able to utilize after. Yeah, this sounds so, interesting. Uh, this game is only available, I think, right now, even in Europe, except from the publisher itself. And I think the publisher itself just opened up U.S. shipping, and it was free. So I just jumped on it. Um, pl- plus, one of their other titles uh, I bought was a gift. Uh, for somebody. So, uh, I, I just, I jumped at the opportunity to, to own this game. Again, I don't, I was hoping, uh, that I didn't have to break my, my, my one resolution, but the, it was free shipping from Europe. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't pass it up. So that was the great split. Um, yeah. So that's my, that's my list. Are you awake still or? Well, huh? Well. <laughs> Oh, we're still, oh yeah, still yeah, good. Okay, great. <laughs> Actually, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But hey, we'll, we'll yeah. Uh, again, I've been I've been good. I'm trying to be good. Listen, and stick to my resolution. Resolution. You know? Let's just go buy more games. <laughs> I can't wait to enable you to do bad things all year. <sighs> it's going to be fun. Hey, we need to start pushing some of it off on Joe and Brad at this point. So. That's that's what needs to happen. <laughs> Let's get them. Uh, so basically, our chat is just going to be Kickstarter links that we're not yeah, backing. Yeah. We hope someone gets the hint. <laughs> we're going to need a rotation. Uh, well, nice. it was good to right, uh, to be back and talk and uh, yeah, back in the back in the saddle. Back in the saddle for 2023. We'll be back in a couple weeks with the next episode, and we'll get some uh, good interviews lined up this year as well. If you haven't already, please leave us a good review on yeah, Spotify. Rate, review, subscribe. Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, a good review goes a long way for us. So like like Ken said, uh, give us that like and subscribe if you can. Uh, if you want to check us out online, you can visit us at www.playgamesloosefriends.com. You can find us on Instagram at playgamesloosefriend, or you can find us on Twitter at show. If you have any questions want us to talk about a particular topic or just, you know, try to encourage us to buy more board games in 2023, you can email us at playgamesloosefriends at gmail.com. All right. I think that's going to do it. Any, uh, any final words of wisdom to kick off the new year? Just happy new year. Thank you to all who, uh, have been anxiously waiting for this episode. Uh, we hope we didn't disappoint with our first one for the year. So thank you. I feel like we can do nothing but improve through 2023 because 2022 is just us <laughs> learning how to do this shit over and over again and ken learning how to use computers and, we still have and microphones <laughs> and headsets charging and it was, a, it was a big technology year for me yeah a lot of room for growth <laughs> you, you, the older you get the worse you get too they say so we'll see how it goes and we still have what 25 episodes well yeah we're getting there right. do we Hopefully have 25 
end of 2023 nice. we'll hit the magical 50 so we'll see we'll see how it goes hopefully nobody Alrighty. nobody dies or forgets how to use their headset charger <laughs> otherwise we should be good i'm plugging it in as soon as we're done all right all jerk right. all right everybody thanks for joining us and we'll see you in a couple weeks until then happy new year and play some games and don't lose your friends either see you folks later